Welcome to the Happiest Healthy Podcast. I'm your host, Hayley Connor, and on this podcast, we're just going to have some real life chats. Chats that I hope will inspire you, but chats that will be relatable. And I hope somewhere throughout these episodes, you can be inspired to find your happiest healthy too. Hello guys, welcome back to another podcast episode. Today's chat is with my beautiful friend, Shelly. Shelly is a wife, a mum, a health and fitness lover, and a ray of positive light and sunshine on not only my life, but many others. I connected with Shelly at the beginning of this year through Instagram, and when I was in Sydney recently, we spent some time together and we just instantly clicked. And I'd now say she's one of my really good friends. Today, we're chatting about becoming a first-time mum, and those things that no one ever tells you about, and what it's like to live with Crohn's disease and come out the other side. And we also get into what Shelly's happiest healthy looks like. I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Hello, Shelly. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you for having me. That's okay. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Um, But I want to start every podcast interview by asking what is your coffee order? Because I feel like it's the perfect conversation starter and it says so much about a person. Oh my goodness gracious. You know my coffee order. And if I say what my coffee order is, everyone's going to go, oh my God, who is this person? So I'm going to give you my tame coffee order. Okay, no, I'll, no, I'll give you the right one. Um, so I order a decaf almond milk flat white with honey, but I request to have it with half hot water because I don't like it too milky. Because sounds, you're a girl who knows what she likes. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds so precious. And like the decaf's for the breastfeeding. So usually it wouldn't be that precious, but it is pretty precious. See, this is why it's the best conversation starter because everyone even has a reason of why they order what coffee they get as well. (laughs) My husband always is like, you order that. I'm like, no, 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 you order it. And then I go to like my regular spots because I don't have to actually say it. And when I do, I'm like, look, I'm really sorry about this, but this is my coffee order. And I almost like whisper it. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So for anyone listening, tell us a little bit about you and who is Shelly? Okay. So my name is Shelly, Shelly Rose. Um, I am 164 centimetres, kind of into fitness, kind of into health, no jokes. Um, I am just a regular 27-year-old. I just recently had a baby, so I now have a five-month-old. I live, just recently moved to the Shire of Sydney with my husband and my baby beau. Um, I work in corporate, uh, work in real estate, much like you. Um, What else? I love health and fitness. Uh, I was diagnosed with Crohn's about six or seven years ago. Um, I love the beach. The beach is like my second home. I grew up down the far south coast. So actually a country girl, well, kind of country, kind of coastal. Um, Absolutely love the beach, love the outdoors, love hiking. Think that I'm quite a positive person. (laughs) I love that. And, yeah. 
One of my favorite things about you, actually, and I think one of the reasons why we instantly clicked is because of your mindset and your positivity. So I wanted to ask, have you always lived your life with such a positive outlook? And if not, what changed for you and how did you get to where you are now? Good question. Um, Look, for the most part, I'm going to say that I've always been quite a uh, bubbly, positive person. Um, but it hasn't always been like that. I think, to be honest, Crohn's really like really ruffled the feathers, <laughs> if that makes sense. So it was kind of like a big eye opener to um, to what actually matters in life and what doesn't. And that for me was kind of like a big reality check. So I have always, I guess, tried to view things from a positive standpoint and I've always been very strong-willed and very resilient because of um, my upbringing which has not been the most glamorous Um, and I say that with like a really pure intention Um, but yeah I think I have been always very strong-willed but not necessarily um, as positive and as I am now until obviously I was kind of diagnosed or oh, until I was faced with a significant adversity that really made me stop and smell the roses. And was there anything in particular that you put in place to help yourself become more positive or you think just going through that journey with Crohn's is what helped you to see the positive in life? No, gratitude. Gratitude's like my thing. Um, and actually, funnily enough, my mum always instilled that in us, even from a young age. Um, you know, my my upbringing was a little bit dysfunctional, which I mean, most are. But with all the chaos and all the um, the mess, so to speak, my mum still always, always was. You know, count your blessings. Like she was always making us see the good in every bad situation. So I guess that was kind of always instilled in me from a young age, but it wasn't until I actually really like it affected me from a, like from a physical standpoint um, that I implemented that into my life and it became a huge part of who I am. And I, for as long as I can remember, I've always said to anyone, you know, every morning wake up and just note three grateful things because I genuinely believe that you cannot be negative when you come from a grateful place. I love that so much and it's so true. Yeah. (laughs) It's my thing. I love gratitude. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So you mentioned before that you are a mum to your gorgeous little son, Bo, who's almost six months old now. What would you say is the most rewarding thing about being a first-time mum? Oh, can I say everything? No. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because like to be completely transparent, I was not a maternal person. I still don't feel like I'm a maternal person. So when Bo did surprise us, um, I kind of was really like almost scared at like what my life was going to look like and you know, I guess it's just a fear of the unknown, right? And um, and when I would like chat to other parents or when I'd speak to my parents, they would always kind of say, Shelly, I promise you, you just like the love is like no other. Like there's nothing that's more rewarding than being a parent. And 
I'm one of those parents. <laughs> like literally everything. His smile, seeing like every time he learns something new, um, like he's kind of now that he's approaching six months, he's really his personality is starting to come out and you know, he's such a smiley, happy baby and he's so chill. And I'm just like, how did I create something so perfect? Which I know I'm biased, but like <laughs> I was yeah. lucky enough to meet him when I was in Sydney recently and I can 100% agree that he is the cutest thing ever <laughs> <laughs> he really is but he yeah I mean there are certainly hard days don't get me wrong <laughs> yeah so what would you say is the most challenging thing about becoming a first-time mum uh for me personally I'm very much a creature of habit I literally crave routine and structure um, my whole life has been around like controlling my variables and having a routine and having structure and all the rest of it. So I think at, like, especially at the start that knocked me around um, just because you literally like don't know whether you're coming or going. Um, being a first time parent, you have no idea. Um, well, I, I didn't. Um, so that was that was probably one of my hardest challenges um, from like a, from my standpoint. Also, as well, I think like you just question everything, and people say you know your motherly instincts will kick in, which one hundred and ten percent they will. But still, just the unknown. Like some days, those obviously as you know, he's got like intolerances. So at the start he was quite uncomfortable and he would cry. And I was so like, you just want to fix him. And you just like wish that he could turn around and just be like, mom, I have a really sore belly. Can you stop eating that goddamn chocolate? Or like, (laughs) (laughs) or like, you know, mom, I've, my nappy's dirty or whatever it is. So I think like you just question everything because it's so unfamiliar. And honestly, if, any new mum or any mum that is listening to this will so relate to this. But if you went through my Google history, oh, my God, <laughs> you would be like, wow, she's crazy. Jack was even like, Shelley, you need to get off Google. Um, and I guess as well, what was the only, and the only other thing is that there's no off button. Like sometimes I'm just yeah. like, can I just have a day off? <laughs> That would but. be really hard. That's actually something that genuinely scares me about becoming a mum one day. Yeah, but I mean, you kind of run off adrenaline as well. And there are days or nights when Bo has an, a fussy night and I think to myself, oh my God, I just want to run. And then he'll smile at me and I just literally want to like times him by 10,000. And I'm like, can I just have 10,000 of you? That so, is so beautiful. <laughs> it, yeah, I mean, it's certainly not all doom and gloom. It's definitely, definitely worth it. So what would you say is something completely random about being a mum that no one ever warned you or told you about beforehand? Because I feel like every friend or person I've ever known who's been pregnant and had a baby has always said something along the lines of, no one ever told me that this would happen or no one ever tells you these things. So what's something completely random that you've experienced? I think no one ever, like, not that it's bad, it's quite funny, but no one ever tells you how loud and aggressive their farts are. (laughs) (laughs) Like, there were times where Jack would look at me and I was like, that wasn't me, that was our son. Um, That's something super random, but 
they certainly have some like power behind them. So <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> that's a super random fact. Love it. Okay, so <laughs> completely flipping things around now to when you mentioned earlier about being diagnosed with Crohn's disease. And I know you have spoken a lot about this on your Instagram platform and the fact that you're now in remission. But for those listeners who might not know, can you tell us what Crohn's disease is and then give us a little bit of a snapshot of your journey from like diagnosis through to being told that you're in remission and then maybe what remission means and what it looks like for you? I can. So for the people that don't know about Crohn's, um, firstly, whenever anyone mentions Crohn's, a lot of people think that it's just like a poo thing, (laughs) which I mean, it kind of is. But what it actually is, is an autoimmune disease um, that is based around inflammation of the bowel. So IBD, inflammation of the bowel disease, that's what they call it. Um, And it's essentially just the digestive tract becomes like super inflamed and then causes like severe pain and malnutrition and like a multitude of other things like chronic fatigue and all these other things that it does. But essentially, it's just autoimmune. Um, In terms of, I guess, like a snapshot of what, what it it's looked like from start to finish. I was diagnosed with Crohn's when I was um, 21. I'm now 27. So I've had it for about six years. Now, initially I was diagnosed with endometriosis, which I think was, it was found. So I I did have that, but I think that was a misdiagnosis of the actual Crohn's because I went to the doctors with severe like um, abdominal pain. And then um, during like the time that I was kind of going to get my laparoscopy, I think that's probably so not how you spell it, um, pronounce it. <laughs> no, I think that's right. <laughs> oh, but whatever, the endometrial tissue removed, um, one of my ankles ended up swelling up like really severe. And I went to like all these different doctors and I probably had like this swollen cankle for almost six weeks I think and I was literally just like (laughs) on crutches rocking up to like inspections and stuff like that at work um and no one could tell me what it was now given that obviously I was like right into training and stuff I just assumed that it was a stress fracture but after having like x-rays and ultrasounds and all the rest of it like no one could tell me what it was and I actually ended up going to my chiropractor and he was like I think you've got arthritis and I was like dude, I'm 21. Like I don't have arthritis, like just being very naive and not really knowing what arthritis was, to be honest. Um, and anyway, I ended up going to a doctor and I was like, look, can you give me any answers? And she was like, no, no, no. I just think that the, the joints inflamed. And I was like, well, duh, it looks like I've got gout. Like you can see that it's very inflamed. And I said, look, can you just give me a blood test? Because I think, um, like I could have arthritis and she was like oh no 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 you don't have arthritis and given my um (laughs) fear of needles I was like look if I'm asking you to give me a blood test you give me a blood test so she um ended up giving me the blood test and that night at around about 11 30 I got a phone call from the doctor saying you need to get to the emergency room your d-dime is really high which don't ask me what that means. (laughs) Um, But essentially, I think it means like possibility of blood clot. 
So here I am, I get, go to the hospital and given it was like 11.30, they had no, um, like they couldn't do any ultrasounds or anything, so they had to keep me in at night. And I had all these further testing, which confirmed I had no blood clot. But what they ended up doing was taking fluid from the actual joint of the ankle and having that tested. Now, what that came back with was like entropathic arthritis, which is a type of arthritis, which usually can be... um, related to like a gut issue whether it's um, ulcerative colitis or Crohn's disease and typically if IBD is untreated or if you've got like a lot of inflammation within the body then you um, like an extremity will swell so that was kind of that but because they found the arthritis before they found the Crohn's they actually put me on a drug which was called methotrexate and that's like an immunosuppressant. So the immunosuppressant, although it helps with the inflammation of the gut and the ankle, it has like heaps of side effects, Um, one of those being like infertility, um, potential loss of hair. I mean, it's chemotherapy, but on a very mild level, like it's not like chemotherapy, like you're having cancer, but it's still that kind of nature. So it's really toxic to the body. And what that meant was that I had to have weekly blood tests to monitor the function of my liver. And every week that I took it, I just like felt poisoned, which like, that's the best way I could, I can explain it. So when my, um, when my script ran out, you're supposed to kind of wean yourself off it, providing obviously your inflammatory markers state that you're in remission. Now, mine definitely didn't state that I was in remission. I just didn't go to the doctors and just completely went cold turkey off these drugs because I was like, I don't want to be taking them. I want to try and do things holistically and, you know, I'm genius and I can do it. Now, in hindsight, it probably wasn't the best thing that I ever did, but um, it kind of like it allowed my body, I guess, time to get to a pretty severe state. So I went off those drugs and then I just buried my head in the sand for a bit because I just didn't want to be taking something that had such a negative impact on my body. Another one of the major side effects is like they say that it increases your risk of skin cancer tenfold to like a normal person. Now, me having grown up on the beach and pretty much my second home being the beach, telling me I can no longer go in the sun is like telling me that I can no longer eat chocolate. Like it's just a non-negotiable. So I just buried my head in the sand and um, I kind of went through around about three years and it was pretty good like obviously I really looked after my diet and like I wasn't an idiot with it so that's why I felt like I was able to do it but unfortunately with Crohn's disease if not attended to it will continuously attack your immune system especially if you're like run down or really stressed or you know, you get unwell to some degree, like anything that kind of triggers that stress response, then your immune system kicks in. And unfortunately, it will start attacking itself if you've got autoimmune. So um, between 2000 and 
2013, 2014, I think it was that I was diagnosed, to 2017, I had been hospitalized for around about three weeks, at which point I was like completely drugged up on like steroids and um, and immunosuppressants, like the methotrexate and all the rest of it. And then coming off that, I was able to get my inflammatory markers back down. So that's kind of when I made the decision to come off the drugs. Um, and then 2017, I went through a pretty nasty breakup and I'd kind of already been on my way into what they call like a severe flare. And I would, because I didn't want to face the music, so to speak, I just pretended like everything was fine. <laughs> and then um, my inflammatory markers in October 2016, 2017, were around about the 20 mark. Now they should be six and below. And then, um, and then I, again, like, started taking steroids that were different to the prednisone but still kind of had like a pretty good um, success rate to bring my inflammatory markers back down but they just weren't strong enough Um, so I again just continued to like take those and treat my body with care and went through quite a big breakup and then started getting like increasingly sick so the start of 2018 I um my ankle went again and I kind of knew that once my ankle blew up because it hadn't actually blown up since I was first diagnosed, which was like six years ago. Um, I was like, okay, like things are starting to look pretty serious again. Me being me who really struggles to slow down was like, I'm just going to keep going to the gym. I'm just going to like completely just pretend (laughs) like everything's fine. Um, and I ended up going and seeing a doctor another doctor and I was like look can you like one of my girlfriends she knows a really good doctor I went to see him because my specialist was very black and white and for any Crohn's listeners out there if you don't feel comfortable and you don't connect with your specialist I strongly encourage you to do the work and find someone that you do connect with because it they are worth their waiting in gold like my specialist now I could hug him like I'm so I love him so much whereas my previous specialist he was just very much like if you don't do this, you are going to get sick. And I was like, okay, well, that's all good and well, but what about these other areas of my life that are important to me? Like having a baby, like enjoying the ocean, like, you know, X, Y, Z. Um, and my doctor, the, my doctor that I ended up starting to see, he was like, did my bloods and came, they came back and they were 79. So 79 from six is like quite severe and he was like look you're really sick you like we need to get an action in place and I was like okay I just don't really want to see my specialist so he referred me on to another specialist um, who I now see and he was able to work with me to get a um, on a different type of medication which is called a biologic now in between that process my implement inflammatory markers went from 79 up to 149 I think so I was like very close to being hospitalized again but I had like a very good team of medical practitioners you could say that kept me out of hospital by pumping me up full of steroids and obviously getting me through um through like those quite severe stages on the steroids another immunosuppressant and then got me through to this biologic. So the biologic that I'm on now means that 
it's still quite a new drug, but essentially what it is is it's a different type of immunosuppressant that allows me to still enjoy the other things in my life and doesn't have as, I guess, as much of a significant side effects as the others. And then it was 2019 that I worked with my specialist and I got my inflammatory markers back down to two. Um, so from 149 back down to two just wow. through using these drugs. Um, but unfortunately as well, I guess when you have like significant inflammation of the bowel for such a substantial amount of time, what can happen is that can cause a stricture. So although I was clinically in remission, um, there's obviously still implications that you can have. So I had a colonoscopy before I fell pregnant with Bo, which indicated that I did have a stricture in my bowel. Now, a stricture is like a, um, how would you say, it's kind of like a narrowing of the the bowel. So it could cause a potential blockage, um, which can cause serious issues. So when I fell pregnant, which was a miracle in itself, um, that was kind of put on the back burner. Um, and they say that pregnancy can sometimes like help IBD because I'm housing like my husband's genetics. So just after I had Bo, it was quite urgent for me to then have another colonoscopy to assess the stricture because they want to prevent me having any um, like obstructions of, of the bowel, which would be quite severe. So it was a few months ago that I ended up having another colonoscopy and to be honest like this one was the most scariest colonoscopy that I've had to have because this wasn't determining that I had inflammation of the bowel this was determining whether I had to have a part of my bowel removed um which I mean is a pretty serious operation and um and when I went in like it could probably make me cry now because it was one of those ones that I was like I've just had a baby how am I going to have like a, you know, have a pretty significant operation and look after a baby and, you know, like just all these other things that go through your head when you do live with an autoimmune um, disease. So I went in there and um, as I came out, my specialist who is like so happy and chirpy and he's like, I knew it was going to be the case. And he was like, you're healed. So me being pregnant, had actually healed the stricture. So now as much as I'm clinically in remission, I'm also endoscopically in remission, which therefore means that I have absolutely no symptoms of Crohn's disease whatsoever. That must have been so exciting for you to find out. Yeah, like I can st- I could still cry about it now because it's, it has been such like a long, long journey and um, like – it is a long journey and I'm sorry if I've just like <laughs> bored everyone listening because it's so, I could go into more detail, but from start to finish, like just the constant test, like I could probably say that I've had well over a thousand blood tests <laughs> in the <Wow>. last, <laughs> in the last six years. Like, and don't get me wrong, there's a hot, like there is a lot worse out there. So um, I completely appreciate that. But it is one of those things that you feel like you're kind of, climbing this constant battle and then you know you kind of get through one obstacle and then you're faced with another 
But if I could say anything to anyone who's struggling with any health issue is that it will teach you so many valuable lessons and anyone with Crohn's that is kind of in the heat of it, I promise you it does get better. Um, it like it really does and I when I was in the initial stages through until like you know an immense state of flair I um I would just call my dad and I'd just cry every day because I was like like I didn't know how I was going to get through the pain like it it was one of those things where it was like I just physically don't have it in me to get through today like I'm not being a sook I'm not like saying poor me but I'm like I can't deal with another hour of this pain and that's like when you're in it it's so hard for you to see the light at the end of the tunnel and even like there were times where I'd cry to Jack who met me kind of when I was in like he met me when I was in a state of flair and he's very much military based. So he was like, no, you just push through, you just push through. And I also just pushed through. Like I went to the gym for four months with severe arthritis because I was like, no, 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 like don't let it beat me. Don't let it beat me. But I think that there's a time and place when you just need to like surrender to it and allow it to like allow it to sit and then be like, okay, how can I, you know, like how can I trust the process? And once that happens and, you know, once you do get to the end, which you do because I'm living proof of that, you look back and you think like, wow, that taught me so much about life, about myself, about everything else. So um, I genuinely think that Crohn's is one of the best things that ever happened to me. And I say that with the most like hand on heart. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I really think that that will help, even if it's not directly related to Crohn's, someone that hears what you've taken out of that will definitely learn from that. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> That's why I try and share it because, yeah, yeah there's a lot definitely. of life, life lessons. Okay, let's switch it around and make it positive vibes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know we share the same love of health and fitness and anything to do with food. Tell us what does your ideal day of food and training look like? Okay, so sunrise without a shadow of doubt. Um, I am such a big morning person and my sunrises are everything. I just think they're the most beautiful thing in the world apart from my son and my husband. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I just love a good sunrise walk. So to start my day, I would always I want to be outdoors. Um, for breakfast, I'm going to just go through my day for breakfast lately. Um, I mean, you inspire me for my breakfast most of the time. Um, during winter, I'm like, I love wheat bigs. And I also have been like hugely obsessed with zucchini oats right now. And, and then I mean, it's a bit different now I'm a mum because I, my routine's completely out of whack. But to break it down, it's definitely like a sunrise walk and then a gym session, whether it's like like my week gym would look like either two legs, like two lower body, two upper, and then a 5K run. Um, however, that structured is kind of around bow right now. So, <laughs> so there's not much structure around that. Um, and then my food, I'm a huge snacker. 
which is like not a great thing for me. But I love snacking on nuts, like macadamias. I love those and sultanas. Yeah, <laughs> um, I love sultanas. <laughs> oh, they're so good. So like a snack on nuts and sultanas and then I'll have lunch. My lunch is usually like a tuna salad with the crunchy noodles and some avocado and maybe some rice or otherwise I'll have like turkey mince with salad and some rice and sweet chilli sauce. I love sweet chilli sauce. And then for afternoon tea, depending on whether I've baked something or not, because if I've baked something, then usually half of whatever I've baked is gone (laughs) and I just count that as afternoon tea. Um, Or otherwise I'll have like koyo and protein powder with the Freedom Rice Puffs. I've been loving that. And for dinner, it's usually like salmon with vegetables, um, like chicken with like we, we have just like a protein and vegetable. We're, we're very basic bitch when it comes to like dinner and stuff like that. To be honest, I'm pretty basic bitch when it comes to any type of food. I just love like whole nutrition, nutritious foods. Is that how you'd say Your it? foods always look so good to me. So I think basic bitch must be my thing as well. <laughs> Girl, that's coming from you. I'm like <laughs> salivating every time I open my Instagram feed and anything's on there. I'm like, oh my God, she's done it again. <laughs> Oh, that's so nice. (laughs) So you just said before that your afternoon snack is usually something that you've been baking. And I know that when we first met, you were not a baker, but you've just been getting more and more into it. And when I was in Sydney, I tried that delicious blondie that you made. So I want to know what is your favorite creation so far? I'm going to probably say my carrot cake muffins. Yeah, I haven't tried those yet, but I'm going to make them really soon. They look so good. Yeah, they're de- they're definitely a mood. But I've kind I'm of like, like I've got this really bad habit lately of baking things because I've never been a baker and all of my friends are bakers. Like you're a baker, all of my friends are bakers. And I'm always like, like I used to say like that, I just, I'm not like creative. Like I don't think that I'll ever do it. And now I'm like, throw this in, throw that in, throw this. And then I'm like, oh shit, I need to remember what I put in it. (laughs) You were made for baking. (laughs) (laughs) So I would say my carrot cake muffins um, and also the blondie. The blondie's pretty good. Yeah, the blondie was really good. Yeah, yeah, that's, that is nice. I'm a fan. All right, so I'm going to wrap up every episode with something that I'm calling TikTok 10, which is just 10 super quick questions that you can answer with the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay, then. Okay, so what is one food that you cannot stand? Peas. Ooh. Mm, Sunrise or sunset? Sunrise. Walk or gym? Ooh. Can I do both? No. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm going to say walk. Picnic or eat out? Yeah. Picnic. What have you been watching on Netflix? Mm, What was the last thing I watched? I think it was like the Avengers or something. Smoothie or oats? Depends what time of year. (laughs) (laughs) Smoothie. If you could have any superpower, what would it be? Mm. To get rid of the pandemic, maybe. <laughs> and if you could only eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Chocolate. If you could take three things with you to a desert island, what would they be? So, Jack and chocolate. And what is your favourite or most lame joke that you know? 
how did the hamburger introduce his girlfriend? Tell me. Meet Patty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is amazing. I'm finishing every single episode with what is something that you have implemented into your life recently that's making you feel happier and healthier? Uh, journaling. And and I'm reading again. So I'd say journaling because I keep saying that I'm going to journal and then I don't, but I have made much more, I've been so much more conscious of journaling, but I have also started reading again, which is really nice. Yeah, I love that. Okay, well, thank you so, so much for taking the time to chat with me today. And for anyone who's listening, where can they find you? They can find me at www.com. No, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My Instagram is Shelly Rose, spelt S-H-E-L-L-E and then Rose. (laughs) Thank you again so much for joining me on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the Happiest Healthy Podcast. If you enjoyed today's chat and you're excited to hear more, don't forget to hit subscribe and it would mean the world to me if you could rate and leave a review. I'll chat to you in the next episode.